when you think about your confidence and how you exude it and obviously how you express it to the world, it should feel good to be you. It should feel good to be you. Like it shouldn't be a thing that you got to protect with all of your might. It shouldn't be a thing where you got to be rude or skeptical or like puff your chest, like what's up? That's when the conversation of confidence versus arrogance really comes into play. My name is Jordan Bishop, and I want to welcome you to the Embrace Your Truly podcast. The whole idea behind these conversations, this podcast, is to develop the practice of connecting with self. I want to talk about your heart, how you feel, how you think, and what's truly important to you. And maybe you don't know yet, and that's cool too. But it's conversations like these that help us better understand the purpose of all of our emotions and all of our thoughts. There's the world, there's life, there's your life, and there's you. And we're going to start with you. Why? Because when we embody a self-embraced framework, everything in life becomes much less complicated. So let's talk about you. Let's dive into the version of you that only you know. Confidence does have a lot to do with how we prepare ourselves. I think about the book Mind Gym. Authors Gary Mack and David Stevens write about the importance of over-preparing so you don't underperform. I think when we look at it like that, that's where we kind of get it confused with one another. Like the putting in work aspect of it, the knowing your craft, the maybe even knowing that you're elite. That's where I think we kind of get it confused of how we demonstrate our self-knowing that we're good at something, right? And the difference is in the display of each. I'm sure we're all familiar with the term cocky, right? The bragging aspect, the bragging rights, like there's this need to be superior. There's this need to show dominance. Everything kind of becomes a competition. You need to prove like, yo, I'm better than you. When you got this need to talk down to other people, to belittle other people, just so that you feel like you're the biggest one in the room, like you got some other shit that you got to work through. It's fucked, but it's true. Like Arrogant people don't acknowledge other people's greatness. Like that's the kicker. That's why there's so much negative energy around People that want to brag about it. People that overly talk about themselves. People that say, like, see me one-on-one. That type of energy. People don't like that shit. Do some people come to mind to you? Like, let's pause there. Do some people in your, like, inner circle come to mind? And if so, man, this might be a, this might be a time to, to check in with them. Because whether you see it or not, their arrogance is projected onto you. And unless you like being known um, for similar qualities like your friend does, then you might want to check them. And here's, here's a thought for you. I do believe you can be confident and still talk shit. What I don't think is necessary when you're a confident person, when you're, when, you're com- when you're truly confident in your own abilities, not in your own abilities compared to somebody else, you can talk shit and it can be fun and it can be a, like a chill environment, but it's in the teardown of another person that makes you like so unlikable in certain situations i get why people want to show dominance like, i get why you have that attitude that chip on your shoulder to get you going i get why they want to stand above others and i do sympathize with that that's probably something that people don't agree with me on but i do get it i do get it i understand it the problem with it is that Arrogance only goes so far. There's a stopping point to it. Arrogance is like carrying a weight on your back. Like at some point, it's going to get too heavy where 
where you drop it or you're going to break. I'm actually really intrigued by a person that the public kind of displays as being arrogant. And man, right when I say his name, everyone's going to be like, nah, that dude's arrogant as fuck. It's Conor McGregor. That's who I'm talking about. And I, I listened to a talk that he had with Tony Robbins. And I was like, man, this dude, this dude is just dope. Like what he does is undeniable. And how he prepares himself is just, it's different. It's different because he is so much about his internal confidence. He knows who he is. He knows what he's capable of. He knows what he's not capable of. Because there's so much about MMA that's mental, just like every other sport, right? But in that sport specifically, you want to talk about fear? Fear becomes real, real, real quick. Like, that's the difference between life and death. Whether you're in or whether you're out. Beast mode, the lion that everybody has on their fucking chest, everybody has on their arm, what that encompasses, like, you are the prey or you are the predator. There's zero room in the middle. I'm so intrigued by the people that are elite in this sport because your mentality and your approach to life has to be just like so fucking different. That's why I was so intrigued when I heard when I heard Connor talk to Tony Robbins. But it was so interesting how he talked about himself because he is so in tune with the importance of having self-confidence. And he talked about it in a way, he said, there's nothing external that can break your internal confidence. If you know who you are and you know what you bring, nothing is superior to your own mind. The trick is, like, you just have to learn how to control it and how to grow it. If you do that, you're going to be very dangerous in whatever your craft is. And I think about just the understanding of your talent and what you're capable of. And if you know what you're capable of, there's never going to be a need to command the attention of a room, right? Like if you're confident, that's just going to show. And if you know what you're about, when you walk into a room, it's just going to happen. You don't need to ask for it. You don't need to demand for it. All right, so let's pause right here. We've talked about the difference between confidence and arrogance on a very basic level. We've touched on Conor McGregor and his insight to self-knowing. But I want to go a different direction. Let's talk about a different performer that I think is a freaking prime example of what smooth confidence looks like. And this guy, I mean, he could be he could be debated as confident or arrogant. I don't care. You can have your own opinion. I think he is the definition of having smooth confidence. And I'm talking about Bruno Mars. He just fully owns his craft. He's passionate about what he does. Like, I don't think people realize to get to that level of confidence, there is so much time that is spent in his craft working on himself to be able to deliver the performances that he does. Like, he knows he's a true performer. He's not just a singer. He's not just a dancer. He's a performer. And he's super confident about that. He leads with his heart, which is what captures your attention. You think about all of his songs, all of his songs make you believe every single word that he says. There's a handful of his songs that we can argue is all about his confidence. And it's super interesting, his like delivery, because he has such different realms to look at his confidence. He goes from songs like Finesse, Count On Me, to his new one, Leave the Door Open. In Finesse, it's literally him being silly, him joking around about how smooth he is. 
My dude even has a line in the song that says, blame it on my confidence. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he knows who he is. He knows what he's about. And he leads with his heart. Whether he's singing with Cardi B about finesse, or if he's talking about his connection with a woman, like, he does it in such a pure way that shows you who he is. I feel like if you're a fan of Bruno Mars, most of his songs pull on your heartstrings in a very specific way. Like, okay, this is the last thing that I'm going to say about Bruno Mars. Because something about his more vibey, sensual, in-the-flow type of songs just get you feeling good. Because he's feeling good. Like, we're just going to sit here and sway together. You know what I mean? Anyways, him and Anderson Pock just came out with a new song called Leave the Door Open. And it definitely has the uh, sexual healing type of vibe that draws you in. But it's so fun and exciting. Like, I'd use the word groovy just because of how the video is shot. But also just the vibe. Like, the the whole song is a groove. Go check out that video, too. That video is dope. Anyways, my point is he named him and his singing partner Silk Sonic. That's That's all I gotta say. Smooth confidence. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's the type of thing that makes you grin. And shake your head side to side at the same time. Like, you know you a bad dude. Like, stop it. This makes me kind of laugh because I think about how old people typically use language. Like, how they describe things to you. Like, how they describe things to the younger generation. They use very unique terminology, to say the least. Like, to where if they ask you to go get something for them, by the way that they describe it, you can kind of figure it out. But you're like, what the heck did you just say, right? And it's cool to use language that has been passed down from generation to generation. However, there are some generational beliefs that keep getting passed down about how people should be. And, ah, like, that is something that has to be checked sometimes, though. Like, you ever notice how older people tend to tell you what not to do? And, you know, I think about how confidence and arrogance is typically taught. They tell you what not to be. They tell you how not to be arrogant. There's never really been like a clear cultural shift of what confidence is or how to get it or where it comes from. Everyone wants to tell you what not to be. Everyone wants to tell you to be yourself, but they, they're really quick to tell you what not to be. I think about things like, don't be so full of yourself. Don't brag. Don't overdo it. Don't win by 40. Y'all know Dash from The Incredibles? That's what I think about when I think about how, how we teach culturally what confidence and arrogance is. You know, at the end of the movie where everyone like knows that they're superheroes, but they're still trying to blend in and they, they finally let him race and he takes off and he's way ahead of the pack. Obviously, he has super speed, but they're screaming at him from the stands like, no, 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 like slow down, slow down. So he slows down. And they're like, no, like, that's, that's too slow. Speed up, speed up. And he speeds up. And they're telling him, no, slow down, slow down. So he slows down again. Finally, they're screaming, no, just like make it close. So I don't know. He comes in second or third. But I think about that. That is a prime example of how our culture promotes the idea to just fit in. Right? Like he's confused as shit the whole time because he knows that he's dope. He knows he's the fastest. He knows he's the best. 
but he's being told not to be. This makes me think about false confidence, too. And, you know, there's a lot of controversy around kids staying in school right now. If you, so if you're in school of any kind, I need your attention for the next two minutes, specifically. And parents, I'm calling your attention, too, right now. We have got to do a better job at paying attention to what we are rewarding and how we are giving different things value in our life. And I want to talk about it in the sense of the premium that we put on grades. We live in a society where grades are everything. Ribbons are everything. First, second, third, fourth, tenth place is our culture. And that's what we care about is the five seconds of fame. Like, if you're in school of any kind, you think about the grade itself. Say you get a B. Mom and dad are happy. You're happy. You get a B. Fantastic. But do you believe your confidence comes from getting that B? Do you believe it comes from your professor approving that you got a B? Does your confidence come from mom's approval of your GPA? Or does it come from you busting your ass to get that B? Right? Like, that's what I'm saying. We gotta, we gotta pay attention to what we're rewarding. If you care about your performance more than you care about the outcome, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's an A. It doesn't matter if it's a C, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You're gonna get what you put into it. And if you care about your work ethic, that's what you should be rewarding. Build yourself up from the work that you put in, the hours that you spend, the late nights, the early mornings, the work. Because guess what? You could bust your ass in biology, meet with your professor, turn in everything, do all the assignments, and still get a 70.00. If your confidence is being weighed on the approval of somebody else, your confidence is going to be shaky for a little bit if you get that 70. I don't give a shit if you get an A. I don't give a shit if you get a B. Build your confidence around your work ethic. It's a lot of power in understanding what you earned and what was given. You could be gifted as hell and never go to class. You could probably still earn a 3.8. Are you confident in your performance in school? Maybe. I don't know. In the real world, no one cares about false confidence. No one cares about GPAs. No one cares about your grades. No one cares about all these filters on filters that kids are using to post on IG. No one cares about that. In the real world, people care about what you know. People care about your skill set. People care about how you deliver. People care about how you have confidence in what you do. People do not care about your past life. That's why false confidence can't praise that. Can't use that. Alright, so let's switch gears one more time. Now I want to talk to all my itty-bitties out there that either got big attitudes or big personalities. And for me, I got a big attitude. But not in the way that you probably think. So let me explain. I know that I exude energy like I'm a big body. So when people tell me that I got six-foot energy, I just, I have to smile. Because I know I'm not trying to puff my chest, show like this little man syndrome, right? I'm just very aware how I show up, the presence that I have when I enter spaces. All of that simply implies that I should be a bigger human than I am. Like, I'm 5'4", which I get that. Like, I'm sure all my other itty-bitties out there understand exactly what I'm talking about. I would describe my own energy as mysteriously intense. Like, I'm aware of that, and I like that, and I have confidence around that. And I'm very passionate about connecting with people. But the way that I do that 
when I show up, you don't really know what direction I'm going to go. And I know that. And I like that about myself. It really has nothing to do with my height. Joking around about having six foot energy is just fun for me, right? Because I understand the context of what it's about. At the same time of knowing where you can show confidence and where you have confidence, I think it's also equally important to understand where you don't have confidence and where your confidence is limited. And I think it's really important to be honest with yourself and to be honest with other people when you don't know what's going on or you're not familiar with whatever the situation is. Like, if you don't know shit about rocks, don't act like you do. Invite the knowledge of learning about rocks into your realm rather than trying to cover it up and act like you know anything about it. Like, cool, you might have convinced somebody that you know the ins and outs of all there is to know about rocks. Fantastic. You're good con man. But you also know that you're full of shit. Be honest, right? That, that's my that's my point. Be honest about who you are. Be honest about what you know. Let that be okay. I used to I used to be terrified to speak on shit that I didn't know about. Like I had such a fear of saying the wrong thing. Though I've always been curious about learning, I wouldn't raise my hand. And man, like that bothers me. That bothers me that I know that a very deep part of who I am comes from being curious and asking questions. And there was a big portion of my life where I didn't sit into that because I didn't want to be embarrassed. So I recognized that. I flipped it to where now I want to be vulnerable in conversation. And if I get embarrassed, if I have an embarrassing moment, I sit with it and I allow it to happen for the 30 seconds that it's going to happen. And then we move on because that's where I'm most creative. I'm most creative when I can be vulnerable. A big value of mine is being able to connect with perspective. And I love seeing the purpose in anything. <laughs> that's me, right? Like, that's what I want to do. Like, I want to connect with everything that I do. If I'm passionate about learning and inspiring change, that's important to me. So getting to a point where I could welcome public embarrassment, if it so came my way, and getting over the fear of not knowing something, allowed me to be in conversations that I didn't know anything about the topic. The biggest thing of why I had to face this is because that's where I grow. That's where I become a better me. And that's where I'm best able to connect with other people. And it's still something that's becoming a strength of mine. And there's absolutely times where I'm hesitant to speak because I don't have knowledge in certain areas where I'd rather hear somebody speak to me on a certain topic, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to have power in my voice when I'm in that conversation. And that's because I'm confident in myself to be in the conversation. I'm confident in myself to gain an understanding and to gain a perspective in it. There's not going to be a point where my voice gets weak in the conversation. I think there's a natural humbleness and strength to people that want to share themselves with the world. People that want to share their gift. So two things I want you to take with you as we wrap up today. So one is my thoughts on confidence directly applied to our self-knowing. Most of us are probably already in the mix of having confidence and losing confidence. The way to maintain it is to accept that we're still becoming. I think that there's a calmness to understanding that we're allowed to shed parts of us that might have been 
very powerful, confident markers markers for us at some time. But maybe we outgrow them when we're supposed to. I think the sweet spot is right in the middle of understanding what you're passionate about and also understanding who you are to yourself. Now, my second thought, as you indulge in figuring out who you are, what you like, what your craft is, what you're good at, what you want to experience, invite other people into your world that also believe in practicing self-grounding. These are the type of things that help us navigate conversations like confidence versus arrogance. So thank you guys for listening to another episode on the Embrace Yours Truly podcast. And you already know this is a new podcast, so please go ahead and leave a rating and a review. And of course, if you like the conversations that we have here, tell a friend to come check it out too. See you next time.